0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 190 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello.
1: Hello, Joe. How are you?
0: I'm excited. I'm excited for today's show.
1: You're excited? I'm sleepy. I was up until, like, 5.30 in the morning last night trying to get a free agent in fantasy baseball.
0: <laughs> well, that sounds worthwhile.
1: <laughs> I I gave up around... 3 30 in the morning of just sitting there refreshing my phone. So I set a timer on my phone for 30 minutes and then I went to sleep. And then 30 minutes later, I'd wake up to see if waivers went through and it didn't. And I just kept on hitting repeat on the timer. So I kept doing it until around five 30 in the morning, but I got him, Joe, I got the person I wanted. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, tired. I'm tired right now. Well,
0: um, I don't know what to tell you.
1: Yeah, I know. I didn't know you could
0: still, like, do drafting in the mid-season of the baseball.
1: No, 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 it wasn't drafting. It was just, long story short, it was just, like, I I released a guy, and then I was like, fuck, I need that guy, and I can't place a waiver claim because I was the guy who dropped him, but I didn't want to wait until the afternoon when I woke up, because then somebody else might get him, so I wanted to grab him before anybody else did. It was a big thing. (laughs) What's the prize
0: for this fantasy baseball
1: uh, first prize is like 300 bucks. Okay. And pride, and pride Joe. And pride, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then there's like first place, or first place, second place, third place, all that stuff. I put oh. more work into fantasy baseball than I do my real job.
0: <laughs> um, I would say... There was a time where I used to put like a lot like that much time in like the organization and cataloging of my comic books. Okay. Yeah.
1: I just but, have Todd come over once a year and sort my stuff. That's my Yeah.
0: <laughs> I currently have 5 short boxes up here in the office that need to be put down with the rest of this stuff and it was about a year ago Um like relatively soon Here that we had uh the yard Sale and I got rid of like a ton Of stuff like usually I try to cycle out a bunch Of stuff
2: Mm -hmm.
0: once a year Obviously the pandemic put a limit on that And then last year I Got rid of like three long boxes worth Of stuff I'm just like get it out of my house price To move you know
1: oh yeah I remember The the big purge the comic book purge Of 2021 (laughs) yeah Well it's 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 I'm overdue For another
0: one but I just don't have the sort of time To devote to it you know
1: yeah well, I hear you
0: yeah well enough about this it's time to get into wrestling that's what we're here for and we're starting things off and now at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history and Adam this may be the biggest this day in wrestling history in the history of this day in wrestling history.
1: Oh, geez, I got to get you like some like censoring and not censoring. I got to figure out how to make you more brief with these things.
0: Well, so here's the thing. There are times where I eliminate stuff and there's like there's quick hitters. Like there's stuff that's in here that's going to be quick hitters. Okay. Okay. But when you hear the stuff that's in here, you're going to 100 percent understand why it's in here. Okay.
1: All right. I'm holding to it.
0: Like just as an example, throwing this one out here. Uh, This Day Wrestling History 2011 was officially TNA becoming Impact Wrestling.
1: Okay. I mean, an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. It could have been skipped.
0: Right. Uh, That's it. I mentioned it. We're moving on. All right. All right. Rarely do we talk about birthdays. But on this day in wrestling history, two notable birthdays. uh, This day, wrestling history, 1946, Andre the Giant was born. Okay. All right. I'll allow it. And also on this day in wrestling history, in 1986, uh, my friend Grant, uh, Danny Havoc, was was
1: born as well. Oh, look at you, sliding your friends into the pod.
0: Well, listen, uh, you know, sadly, Danny's no longer with us, but he was, um, you know, one of my, I I would say, favorite commentary partners, only because the other ones don't listen and the other ones know they suck. Um, (laughs) But we're going to put a pin in 1986 and come back to that later. Okay. This day in wrestling history, nineteen eighty-nine, the film Roadhouse opened up oh. uh, nationwide starring Terry Funk. <laughs> uh
1: do you have top billing on that?
0: Uh in in the version that I have, yes.
1: Uh, I, I is have you seen or have you commissioned yet a recreation of the movie poster with, with just him where like top, uh, Patrick Swayze's not even on it? I am now. <laughs> All right, Roadhouse.
0: Uh, Also, So on this day in wrestling history as well, we go by air dates for these sort of things. 1990, Mr. Perfect uh, defeated Tito Santana in the finals of the vacated Intercontinental Title Tournament to become the Intercontinental Champion.
1: Okay, vacated from Warrior, right? From from Warrior, correct. All right.
0: Uh, Also, and again, on this day in wrestling history, uh, NWA held the Capital Combat Pay-Per-View And uh, again, it's a mixed bag. You have Mark Callis taking on Johnny Ace. uh, Paul Ellering taking on Teddy Long in a hair versus hair match. Again, two bald-headed men in a hair versus hair match. (laughs) Um, The Rock and Roll Express versus the Freebirds in a Corporal Punishment match, which was a strap match. But the problem was, you know, when you think a strap match, right, you have an idea in your head of what those straps are.
1: Okay, sure, yeah
0: um, Whoever was in charge of getting the straps For this particular strap match Went to a local s shop <laughs> And they were very different straps <laughs> But this particular event, Adam Is most noted for this moment In wrestling history And again, there's going to be a lot of audio In this episode
3: Horseman, you said you were going to take me out <laughs> Said I'd never wrestle again. But you made a big mistake when you started messing with the little stingers. So now the time has come. (laughs) And Flair, if you think you're invincible.
0: Think it over, Creed. That's right, because Sting was injured and he needed protection from from the four horsemen. He called in, as they said on TV, his good buddy Robocop.
1: (laughs) My earliest memory of this, I didn't see it when it was live. I didn't see it probably for 10, 15 years after it happened. But I remember going to rent, you know, old WrestleManias and Royal Rumbles or whatever at a local video store. And there was always one or two random WCW tapes. And this was one of them. And I was like, why is Robocop hanging out with the weird clown-faced guy? You know? That was Sting.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and again, also on this day in wrestling history, 1991, WCW holds the first Super Brawl pay-per-view. It's a really good pay-per-view, actually. Um, a lot of good matches on there. A lot of bad matches on here. Um, there's a babyface, babyface, Steiner's versus Sting and Luger match. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, there's an Eligante versus Sid stretcher match where it's Sid's last match in the company before he leaves to come to WWF. And he refuses to do the job in a stretcher match.
1: <laughs> so how does it end?
0: Uh, one man gang and Kevin Sullivan come down and attack Eligante and Sid just walks away.
1: Oh, <laughs> All right. Sounds about right.
0: Uh, Okay, also, this day, wrestling history, 1996, WCW held the Slamboree pay-per-view, which they did the Battle Bowl Lethal Lottery match, where it was uh, definite random tag teams, wink-wink, not rivals being tagged up together, and full teams being kept together, and somehow there was multiple double eliminations to go to a battle royal, where DDP... Who was feuding with the booty man after Johnny B. Bad quit the company a few months prior? Won the Battle Bowl ring, a precursor to the ring that MJF wears. (laughs) Um, So, this pay per view sucks, is really bad, but it's the last pay per view before the NWO stuff. Okay. Uh, I'm looking
1: at, there's like 75 matches on this there's
0: 16 matches on this card. (laughs)
1: That's, that's, out. Uh, that's too much.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, on this day, wrestling history, also in 1996, there was a house show at Madison Square Garden that had such matches as Hunter Hearst Helmsley pinning Triple H, Shawn Michaels oh, defeating Hunter Diesel Hurst, in a cage Helmsley? match.
1: Hunter Hearst Helmsley pinning Triple H?
0: No, I'm sorry, Hunter Hearst Helmsley pinning Tri- Razor Ramon, sorry. Okay. <laughs> pinning Razor Ramon. Shawn Michaels beating Diesel in a steel cage match. This was the curtain call. Oh, shit.
1: Okay. I know. I know that thing. <laughs>
0: okay. So again, May 19th, a lot of things are happening on this day in wrestling history, and we're not even close to being done. <laughs> All right. So we're hopping around. Okay. Uh, yeah. 2002, uh, we have the Judgment Day pay-per-view. Um, this was like the Raw branded one. Where, uh, or no, this wasn't a raw, they were still, there was, it was the, there was the brand split, they were still doing, like, across things on the pay-per-views, right? Uh, this was Undertaker beating Hogan for the title, uh, this was Edge beating Kurt Angle in the hair-versus-hair match. Okay. Um, you know, and then you have, like, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar taking on the Hardys, stuff like that. Um, but Eddie Guerrero, Rob Van Damme, again, there's good matches on this pay-per-view, uh, the Edge versus Kurt Angle stuff is really good, uh, especially the weeks of TV when Kurt wears the wig for the next yeah. couple
1: weeks. With the the headgear, like the Steiner headgear.
0: Right. Uh, also, on this day of wrestling history, 2013 was the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, not a great pay-per-view, but Dean Ambrose beat Kofi Kingston for the Intercontinental title. Okay. Inter- uh, United had- States... United States title, sorry. Yeah. You had the other SHIELD members taking on Daniel Bryan and Kane. Um. Again, you know, fun pay-per-view for the air. WWE starting to come into some relevancy after not meaning shit for the better part of like seven or eight years, right?
1: Yeah, and you look back at that, man, how much would you like kill for a WWE pay-per-view like that right now?
0: Uh, uh, again, <laughs>
1: uh, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um. Also on this day in wrestling history in 2006, the movie See No Evil was released in theaters, <laughs> which they turned May 19th into an angle. <laughs> if you remember, Kane would go crazy whenever anyone would say May 19th or he would see the words May 19th.
1: Let's not spoil. This might be my show, Homer, tonight. You know.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, this this resulted in a different Kane, who looked like the old Kane, in a shitty wig. Definitely not Gallows, <laughs> who came to like taunt Kane. Uh-huh. And then they had a pay like then they had a pay per view match, and then that was the end of Fake Kane. That's a shame. Did I mention there was an era of WWE where it didn't mean a shit? <laughs>
2: yep.
0: Uh so we have our 1997 head-to-head Raw Nitros, right?
2: All right, let's hear it. Uh,
0: nitro's still an hour because it's being uh, preempted by the basketball playoffs. Um, again, it's a ho-hum show. Uh, there's a Ric Flair versus Sean Waltman match that goes less than a minute. Uh, the show closing angle is Eric Bischoff cutting a 10-minute promo before he's attacked by Sting, and that's literally the end of the show.
1: <laughs> Sounds good.
0: All right, right. Over on the other channel, though, the distinguished competition, uh, Raw is two hours. Um, we have King of the Ring qualifying matches. Uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, who had lost the week prior, is back in the tournament and defeats Crush. Uh, he's replacing Vader, who was not medically cleared. Um, but uh, not so much on the wrestling side; it's more the promo side of things, right? Alright We have two very famous promo moments we
1: are, gonna, we
3: are gonna find out Once and for all If Brett the Hitman Hart Can get beat Like a man Because Brett, Believe me You couldn't go ten minutes In any situation <laughs> If you know what I mean Tell Oh you. boy And uh, Listen here, even though, Michaels! Even though lately you've had some sunny days, my friend, you still can't get the job done. The heartbreak kid coming off a knee injury, you coming off a knee injury, they're all handcuffed. Hitman, I'm gonna knock you down and drag you out. So
0: So that's the uh, infamous sunny days promo uh, from a definitely not inebriated Shawn Michaels.
1: (laughs) Hey, Uh, take that back.
0: uh, So this was, and again, doing my research, you know, because King of the ring is coming up. um, The match that we end up getting is Shawn versus um, uh, Stone Cold when they're both the tag team champions. Uh This promo was to set up Brett versus Shawn with, the members of the Hart foundation handcuffed around ringside. And that if Brett lost this match, he could never wrestle in the United States again.
1: Oh man. That so great.
0: <laughs> it's not this backstage incident at raw. We're still a couple of weeks away from them having their pull apart. Um, now, but more notably, and this is one that I was waiting for. And listen, if this was a different show, I'd play the whole goddamn thing. Right. Uh huh this was the first of the Jim Ross sit-down interviews with Mankind. Oh, yeah. right. We're just, we're just a couple of weeks off the ones that they did with uh, Dustin and Terry for the Goldust and Marlena stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't think a lot of people remember those ones as much, but these Mankind ones are fantastic. I'm biased. Mick's my favorite guy. He was my favorite guy. And for them to be acknowledging his past characters, to showing the, like, You know, if you were a tape trader back in the day, you'd always get or like you'd see on somebody's list the loved one, and it'd always be like a 19th generation copy of mix home movies doing dude love, right? Mm. But here they're showing like as clear as a copy as you can get from like a 1982 VHS, you know, um, and getting to see like this side of mankind that this is them essentially doing the mankind face turn, right? Yeah, and um
1: letting him stretch his wings as like just a better overall character you know yeah
0: more... and it, like it ends up being real weird too because I forget if it's two or three parts but like at the end of the last part like Mick like attacks jr and then like kind of says like he's hurt real bad he needs help and walks off and then the next time he's on TV he's just a baby face <laughs> so
1: he knew cause... like what jr would do down the road he it was an early receipt.
0: Right. And I know a lot of people are joking around that, saying that AEW needs to do a version of these with Danhausen. <laughs> and if it means Danhausen gets to curse and or attack JR, then I'm all for it.
1: All right. I like it.
0: All right. So last but not least, Adam, and again, I tried to breeze through this as much as I can. Uh, on this day in wrestling history, there was another... Madison Square Garden show in
1: 1986. Okay, doesn't count, but go ahead. Oh well. Listen,
0: um, and again, bear in mind, it's 1986. We're fresh off WrestleMania two. Okay, <laughs> yeah, and we're still running Madison Square Garden shows with no Hogan on top. Okay, we're doing matches of like Hercules Hernandez against CV Offy, the Hart Foundation and singles matches, yeah. including. Yep. G- Jim Art going to a 20-minute draw with Jim Brunzel.
1: Oh, sounds great.
0: Bundy <laughs> taking on Tony Atlas. Yay. And so on and so forth. But but Adam, the most important thing that happened on this, and I would say maybe the most important thing in wrestling history, okay? Uh-huh. um, It's one of those wrestling mysteries that need to be solved. And it happened before. The Dan Spivey-Paul Christie match. Okay? Uh
2: Uh-huh.
0: Let's see if we can get this loading here. Come on. God damn it, Bix. (laughs) It's his tweet. Am I having connectivity issues?
1: Mm, I'm sure we'll fix this in post. No, it's all staying in. (laughs) Just to okay. That out.
0: So if it starts, if it starts playing, it starts playing, right? Yeah. So before the match, Howard Finkel um, introduces into the ring uh, Grammy Award-winning rock and roll lead singer of Van Halen, Sammy Hagar.
1: Except if my memory, if I my memory serves me correctly, it wasn't Sammy, Sammy
0: Hagar. Sammy Hagar looks like Dana Carvey in a wig. And I wish, uh, and like, there's people that like did the history, um, you know, because they were in the area that weekend. But it very obviously wasn't Sammy Hagar. But like, it's MSG. How did this guy get like past security, convince someone in charge that he was Sammy Hagar, (laughs) get into the ring, and get the mic, and get an introduction and and the microphone from Fink? (laughs) <laughs> How does all of this happen?
1: Well, there's no internet, you know? It's like, if if you're just a, a guy that works for WWE, you're probably not hip to the rock scene. You know, it's not like you can pull up Sammy Hager on your phone. You know, you might not have a, a copy of, like, Jump laying around somewhere to look at the liner notes.
0: They were a year and a half off of being the rock and wrestling connection.
1: Yeah, but that wasn't really rock. That was like Cindy Lauper.
0: I guess.
1: (laughs) Who can we in person? Let's just show up to a WWE show and say we're somebody. We could try this out.
0: It's tougher at a WWE show, okay? Yeah. I think if we go to a house show, and this is, you know, I've joked about this, but WWE runs a little tighter ship, okay? Uh huh. If you go there wearing a black polo and sensible slacks. carrying a box uh-huh. or a tote or something and just say that you're a ring crew or you're with the building or the whatever you could pretty much get in mm. um and again i say this so uh, so uh joey shoots of kayfabe collectibles right sure uh he this was years ago this so nxt is going to start running house shows again in florida um but this was when nxt was on the road right yeah And they were somewhere in like upstate New York where Joey was living at the time. And he just went there and he was actually wearing a ring of honor polo that he had gotten from someone. (laughs) And as he was just there hanging around, he was approached by multiple people from the building asking if he was security. (laughs) And, you know, listen, Joey looks like a normal dude. You know, he's got longish hair he's got piercings he's got a beard he just happened to be wearing a black polo and like jeans
1: right yeah yeah
0: (laughs) um but you could probably get away with this at most indies um i'm not saying that you should but i'm just saying that you could um show up with a roller bag carrying a box a tote or something like that yeah and uh you can get in it's very easy
1: (laughs) All right, listeners, th- this is called the, we're just, it's like a Joe Sposto challenge. Uh, you know, go ahead and do it. Let us know your, your results. You know, send pictures. But, all right, cool. Sammy Hagar, WWF superstar.
0: Yes, and I'm goddamn pissed <laughs> that the video didn't work anyway.
1: Uh, thanks for nothing, Bix. I agree. Oh, I agree. God.
0: Uh, oh, so, anyway. So Let's get into uh, wrestling this past week, uh, as opposed to, like, years and years by gone. <laughs> uh, where
1: right. would you like to begin, sir? You're sure you're done with this day in history? Nothing else. <sighs> Actually, rolls, da, da, da. All right. Da, da, da. You're asking me. I'm looking. All right. now. fair enough. I just want to make sure you yeah. have enough time. Curtain call. Yeah, yeah, we're good. All right. Fair enough. All right, Joe. Obviously, I think this is the thing that a lot of people are talking about. Uh, something happened on monday night raw this past week uh involving the women's division there was a lot of internet buzz about it It was very polarizing a lot of people are big mad about it you know like there's obviously the stands are coming out defending it but then people are also attacking it uh and obviously like it's a huge story so we have to start with it and that is the fact that once again alexa bliss has a new theme song (laughs) Which, I mean, I know that I said before we got on the air that I did not have a no heat, all heaters or whatever segments, but uh, I'm mad about this. Uh, I talked about it last week that they were this close, Joe, this close to getting it right with her. And then they went and fucking gave her a completely different song. But also, I guess something happened with uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi. Uh, They walked out or whatever, but not nearly as important as the Alexa Bliss thing but uh uh I do have some thoughts on Sasha and Naomi but uh, I don't know if you have anything with that
0: I do um no. so obviously we haven't heard their side of everything right um but there was rumblings as it was happening you know
2: uh-huh
0: um and obviously one would assume that it was uh creative Uh, That there was a concern with, as it typically is in world wrestling entertainment. And this is where things kind of, at least what is public, okay? Mm -hmm. Raw's not even over yet. Not even done. And WWE puts out a press release. When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcases in hand, placed their titles on the desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. And even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents. Even though they'd had matches with those individuals in the past, with no consequences. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. (laughs) So many things about this statement, okay? Yeah. How many times in the past has WWE advertised a main event and not had it happen?
1: Uh, I I mean, lots of times, yeah.
0: Thousands, right? Yeah. Uh, the fact that they come out and they say uh, Monday Night Raw is a scripted live television show and the characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the bit of that they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match. Boy, they have to get to the building real early. <laughs> um. And again, I don't think Because, and again, you hear stories that people got to get to the building like around like noon, one o'clock, okay, and Raw goes live at eight. So I don't think they were rehearsing and constructing the match the entirety of those eight hours. You get to the building, you say hi to everybody, you find your space in your locker room, you go to the meetings and everything else like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents. Now that. Is a sneaky scum fucking line to put in there. Because that says, without saying it, that Sasha and Naomi think that Becky and Asuka and Drop and Nikki, uh, almost a superhero... <laughs> to say these names into a microphone. Are, like, unsafe, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously... Sasha and Naomi have been quiet. They've just been, you know, posting out whatever, whatever. You get a couple few likes here, and then all the dirt sheet stuff rolls out, okay? Then everyone's, like, good... uh, Everyone in WWE is, like, no simpy. Um, Mm -hmm. There are problems all the time. We have no whatever. they are always pains in the asses. Then there's people outside of the company. Um... You know, whether it be AEW people or independent wrestling people, um, you know, sending text messages to people, uh, essentially saying, uh, I don't know Sasha, but you do. Tell her I'm proud of her and anyone that would stand up for themselves like they did. Uh, Now, again, uh, I may have had—and again, Sasha, okay— so it was Sasha and Naomi. Let's not think that, like, Sasha was the one in charge here and she has some sort of spell over Naomi, right? Uh there's periods of time where Naomi wasn't on TV because she also has been vocal about her position on the card, her placements, and so on and so forth. And if World Wrestling Entertainment is a live-scripted television show, then these characters... Should just do whatever they're told. But it's not a live scripted television show. It's professional wrestling. And this is how Vince tries to separate themselves from all this shit, right? And the story that's going around, and this is unconfirmed, is that the idea was that Naomi was going to win the match. And she was going to wrestle Bianca at the pay-per-view. And then Sasha was going to wrestle Ronda Rousey. Okay? Okay. Okay. So the two tag team champions we're going to wrestle the singles champions, and they were going to put them over at the pay-per-view, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sasha and Naomi's thing was like, hey, we're the tag team champions. Like, why aren't we setting up a program with, like, it's already been teased t- t- on TV that we're going to be doing a deal with Nikki and Drop? Why don't we continue that and have a title match at the pay-per-view, right? Mm-hmm. So and this is one of those things that Bruce Prichard always says. That, like, you, you can't just say, I don't like this idea. It's always good to be, come back and say, well, what if, right? What yeah. if we do this instead? And that's allegedly what Naomi and Sasha did. And they were told no. So they left. And I know Sasha gets a lot of heat because of her fan base. And the fact that she's allegedly anti vaxer But I hope the precedent is set... And more people in WWE stop being bootlicking cowards and stand up for yourselves. See, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, especially if you're in a position where you're a champion, you're a featured performer, you're a pushed character that you don't just get shuffled to the side and make yourself look lesser, whatever that is. And obviously, you know, to say no to everything is one thing, but to come With a different idea and kind of be collaborative is what you need to do. But if more people stood up to Vince, stood up to WWE, and they're agreed upon shitty creative, maybe things will start getting better.
1: All right. So I'm listening to everything you're saying, and and you're making a lot of valid points. Right. Uh, I came into this... And I still am leaning a little bit towards this. That I'm on WWE side on this. And okay. This is going to sound very rare, like to me, to defend them at all. Um, obviously, I've said many, many times that it's a it's a dogshit organization that's being run into the ground by terrible decisions. But with that being said, like I just don't like the idea of it's just setting the precedent of. Especially since she's somebody who's done this before, who, who's gone boo boo face that she didn't like, you know, when she was going to drop the tag belts last time, whatever it was. Like, I'm of the mindset that I, I don't know. I'm trying hard to articulate it. She's only going to hurt Naomi, you know, because like you said, Sasha Banks is an established star, like a top name. You know, no disrespect to Naomi, but if somebody's going to take the fall for this move, it's going to be her. You know, because Sasha is maybe a notch higher, at least as a singles performer, you know, as one of the four horsewomen, whatever. Um, So, like, I I don't think, man, it's, in my mind, it's like it's a repeat offender. It's somebody like, all right, you're paid to do a job. It's not like there's going to be this coup. You know, it's not like all the the wrestlers are going to rise up against Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn and Nick Khan and just all of a sudden take over the company because it's not going to happen. They're going to just replace them. You know, they show with all these rounds of releases when all these like relatively big names are being released, you know, time after time. And they just replace them with another nameless faceless person down at the performance center. Then it's like, all right, if you don't want to do what we're asking you to do on a national uh, stage, all right, we're just going to wait until your contract ends or maybe just release you. And then we'll just have this other person do it. And the WWE stands will just gobble it up because Sasha Banks at the end of the day doesn't mean anything to these people that have the Sasha Banks 724168 fan at Twitter.com addresses because they'll just change it to Nikki Lyons if the WWE tells them to. You know, so it's like nothing's going to – if this is an instrument of change, I think you're, you're kidding yourself. Nothing's going to change. All you have is a repeat offender who took her ball and went home and might be getting somebody who, you know – isn't known as being an anarchist backstage, getting them in trouble. I just think that you're being really optimistic about what this was. Uh, It's not going to result in any kind of positive change of the product or making it so that all of a sudden, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know, can really just go out there and riff more and they don't have to go by scripts. It's not going to result in any of that. It's going to result in, you know, tighter rules and people being told, like, oh, you're going to get fined if you don't, you know, show up for the matches or whatever. I just think you and I have completely different, you know, views of this situation. I mean, if it resulted in WWE becoming better, great. I'd love it because it's unwatchable at this point. But, like, I don't think that's going to happen.
0: WWE is not going to change from this. And all the points that you made are valid. But the thing is, if someone like Sasha decides to tell Vince to stick it up your ass and she never wrestles again, she's in a Star Wars. She's a Boba Fett. She can make convention money and never take a bump for the rest of her life.
1: Let me just say this. Roughly, do we have any idea, because again, I'm not on Twitter, is Sasha Banks like five years away from being a free agent, two years away from being a free agent, whatever? Like, is there any idea of like how long she's... Signed with WWE from this point, has that come up anywhere? No clue. So let's just say I'm just going to pick a random thing and say she has four more years on her deal. I don't know. I'm just making that up. WWE can then say, well, guess what? You're not going to be in any more Star Wars things until the end of your contract. Okay. And they I'm could.
0: Sasha, and they should they certainly can. But if I'm Sasha Banks, I still tell WWF, go fuck yourself these are no matter how long these contracts are there are essentially 90 day rolling contracts that you could be released from your contract at any point in time
1: yes but you can't like as the person who signed it's always been established that these contracts are super in favor of wwe because wwe could at any point could be like go fuck yourself you're fired but I, as a performer you generally can't be like I quit. I'm going to go elsewhere because they're just going to say, no, you have a contract. And obviously there are some people that quitting has worked with, right? And there's people like Ali, you know, where it didn't. Uh, But if she just said, I don't want to be here, I quit. The WWE doesn't have to be like, okay, you know, you're, you're released or anything like that it's within their rights. And I hate the fact that I'm sounding like I'm defending them. And maybe I am, but like for them to say, okay, for the next four years, because again, I'm making this up for the next four years, you're not going to any conventions. You're not doing any podcasts. You're not doing any wrestling shows or we'll hold you in breach and we'll sue the shit out of you. And maybe she's willing to go to, she's willing to fight, you know, and, and become the poster child of this. Yep. But at that point, like she would be, legally in the wrong doing any of that stuff and it could cost her you know or i I don't know i'm just thinking of like the consequences here
0: or it could be the catalyst that more people do exactly what like tony storm did you mentioned the ali thing ali was sitting at home was not on the road was not on house shows not being used and he essentially said if you're not going to use me let me out of my contract and they essentially told him no they still sat him at home for another couple months, and now they're finally using him. Tony Storm, on the other hand, was being used, was on TV, and then just one day said, fuck it, I'm going home. Yeah. And she went home. And you know what they did? They let her out of her contract. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, arguably one of the biggest names in WWE history, right? Future Hall of Famer and whatever metric you want to put on that. In the middle of a match at a house show. Said, fuck this, I'm done. Walked out, refused to take a drug test, and they let him out of his contract. Yeah. It could be done. It
1: absolutely can be done. There's, there's no consistency as to what works and what is allowed and what doesn't. I'm just saying it is completely possible if WWE wants to be spiteful and... Far be it for me to assume that anybody in that organization is spiteful, but they can make an example of her as, like, this is what happens to dissidents. Like, you will not get anything you want and we'll just punish you. And, like, I can see that happening. And
0: I'll and say again, that they didn't do it with Tony Storm. Yeah. They, they didn't do it with Jeff Hardy. Notoriously, to not big mouth, loud mouth, malcontents. Yeah. But by Tony, your own admission, Sasha... Tony's- is a big mouth, loud mouth, malcontent. Yeah. So if he decides to tell Vince to stick it up his ass and they say, we're going to play hardball with you. What do you think she's going to do?
1: Oh, I mean, she'll get loud and obnoxious too, but I'm just saying she legally wouldn't have a leg to stand on. Jeff Hardy, you know, has had many strikes in his career, but as you said, he's a legend. So he gets a little leeway, Tony storm. uh, You know, I love Tony storm, but the WWE didn't really see a ton in her. And like, she wasn't a malcontent. So, you know, they're like, all right, whatever, go ahead. But Becky, or I'm sorry, Sasha Banks is somebody, like I said, who has a history of being a problem and isn't a surefire Hall of Famer. I don't care what anybody says, you know, so it's like it, they, they take things on a case by case basis. And like, I I just yes, if she wants to be a martyr for the cause of workers rights, she might well be on the case for that or on the on the path to it. But if her goal is, I'm just going to keep on rattling cages until I become a free agent and show up on AEW one week, I don't think that's going to happen. Because I, I can see them just being spiteful and being like, guess what? You're spending the rest of your career at home. Hopefully they don't forget about you. Or not the rest of your career, the rest of the contract at home. I don't we're know. going
0: could go either way. We're going to revisit this, I'm sure, again in the near future. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. And, and like I said, far as I didn't hear anything, and again, my knowledge of wrestling might be a little smaller than yours, Joe. I don't know if you're aware of this. But, like, I didn't know of any issues with Naomi backstage. You know, like, maybe they were there. But they weren't as well known as the Sasha Banks stuff with the, you know, going home with uh, not liking that she was going to drop the belts, the anti-back stuff, whatever. If Naomi was, like, generally a good citizen, I would hate the fact that that she might become the person taking the brunt of the punishment. You know, like Triple H getting punished after the, the curtain call, since we brought it up earlier in the show. You know, something to that effect.
0: Oh, yeah, that punishment that he had.
1: <laughs> I know, the, the, the alleged punishment. He was in freaking pay-per-view top programs for a while. But you know what I'm getting at. Or just flat out being jobbed out and whatever. You know what I'm getting at. Anyways... That was a lot of talk about Alexa Bliss changing her theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> what else? Anything else right, you wh- want to talk about? Uh, I will just say, since we're dunking on women's wrestling, oh. um, I, I just want to I just want to talk a moment about that great promo with Serena Deeb, where she's coming out and she's like, "Hello, I'm Serena Deeb." I know that's not the accent, but it was just as bad. But like, I just want to point out that. Serena Deeb is so bad currently that she makes Dustin Rhodes look bad in that segment and Serena Deeb is so bad at what she's doing that she makes me not care about Thunder Rosa as champion and I was watching that segment and I was thinking to myself like do I miss Riho versus Nyla Rose at this point like is it that bad and it made me think of like There was a time when AEW had, like, a a very passable Britt Baker. Uh, Anna Jay was contending. Remember when Tay Conti, the face of women's wrestling? The face? The face was just, like, a viable top contender, and she was just doing murders every week, and it was awesome. Like, how does this company get a lot of the things with the men's division so right, but so much of the women's division wrong? Uh, and, And at this point, like... I just want to see them just give hot Goldberg both the belts and just have her squash people from week to week. Cause at least that's done right. Um, but yeah, I, I just, that Serena D promo was just really, really bad. And if we still did dislikes, that it would be dislike number one.
0: Well, uh, speaking of Jade Cargill, hot Goldberg fan of the original evil dead movie. Um, <laughs> I could, I could send you the six month booking sheet that, uh, myself and the board put together to have her become the double champion and a baby face um, (laughs) at the September pay-per-view, but all right, that's fine. Mm. Um, So the Serena Deeb promo was bad. I'm not sure why she was doing an accent for some reason. It could be of maybe she's just hears it all the time in the house that she lives in with her boyfriend. Um, Serena Deeb's promos have worked in a produced fashion, not in front of a live crowd. Um, This was a rare misstep um, with this program, and I'd like to think that they're not intentionally sabotaging Thunder Rose's reign. But the fact that we have a lot of the other Japanese talent back over, your Riho's, your Maki your people like that... Hopefully we can get some new contenders, get Thunder Rosa on TV more often. Maybe have two wrestling segments on a Dynamite. Let's go crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I'll never forget. Like, and Tom, friend of the show, Tom Green has ruined this for me. Uh, a few weeks ago, he had tweeted out that his son told him Noli said that serena deeb looks like she smells like piss <laughs> so every time i see serena deeb now i think oh
1: she smells like piss ah oh, that Nolly man he's got a mouth on him so that kid's gotta get reined in at this point <laughs> well listen he's gonna beat the shit out of filthy
0: tom lawler at a black label pro show so just watch yourself <laughs> uh so speaking of dynamite speaking of things that were good yeah. Uh, hey, that Hangman Page versus Takeshka match was unfucking believable Yeah. Like, that was a match that would, like, if it was on a pay-per-view, people would be like, holy shit, that was, like, the best pay-per-view match in forever. And they just threw it on free TV. Now, I did see Takeshka before on an episode of Rampage, maybe, like, a week or two ago, where uh-huh. he took on Jay Lethal. And Jay Lethal's good in the ring. Not great. He's good. Uh, he's not the electric performer and has the same crowd behind him that Hangman Page does, of course, because of the champion. But I didn't notice in the Jay Lethal match, but I definitely noted it, noticed notice in this match. This Dakeshka kid has got something. He's got size. Uh he looks like a probably middle linebacker, uh, <laughs> division three team. Uh he's only twenty-six. He's charismatic. He does a lot of cool shit. Um, I hope he stays over in the United States for a very long time. And I'd even tweeted at someone when like they had the same thought I did that they should have him win the TNT title and just defend it every week. Mm. And have like these ten minute banger matches on TV every week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for it. I know that he had the match with Jay Lethal, but I, I skipped it. So this is the first time I was seeing him wrestle. But like you said, it was just like, It stole the show. It was out of nowhere. Like it wasn't one of those announced matches that they do where you're like, oh, shit, I got to check this out just because I wasn't familiar with his work. And I'm like, you know what you're getting with a good hangman match. So it was like, all right, it was it was fine. So I feel like the first third of the match might have just been on in the background for me and I'd catch myself looking up and be like, oh, shit. You know, a bunch of times to the point where it caught me. And like you said, uh, I, I definitely want to see more of this guy. Is uh, and forgive me, I know I am a, a Japanese wrestling expert, but this sure. must have escaped my my uh, extensive notes. Like, is he from like New Japan, All Japan, something like that, or like? Uh, he's is... from DDT. DDT. And he was he... uh
0: like he's a Kenny guy.
1: Oh, okay, all right. And uh, is uh, he just doing spots, or is he signed by AEW?
0: Uh, I I haven't seen a uh, Takeshige's all elite graphic. I think he's just over here on what they call excursion. Yeah. Uh but hopefully they get him to stay, you know, and do something
1: with him. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I after watching that match, I'm like, all right, I want to see him against this guy and this guy yeah. and this guy, you know. So that's a good problem to have.
0: Yeah. I say, like, I know they're doing uh, Hook and Danhausen versus Smart Mark and Tony Nice on the buy-in. Uh-huh. I say throw a Takeshka match on the buy-in. Yeah. You know, put him in there against someone. Give 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 him seven good minutes, her, and uh, just like light it up, man. You know, let him go crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, anybody from like Dante Martin to uh, freaking Eddie Kingston, even you know, just whatever they. It's it would be exciting.
0: Yeah, all right. And I, again, I'm not familiar with them either, but a lot of the people that I follow on social media were very excited that this match was going to happen. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure that I have an eye toward this. I'm very unfamiliar with this wrestler. And, uh, listen, I'm woefully ignorant when it comes to Japanese wrestling. Shame Um, me. but this guy was awesome.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll send you some of my notes of, of some of his earlier work from my, my extensive oh, yes, Japanese, Japanese wrestling extensive, notebook.
0: Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, anything else we want to talk about from, uh, this last week in wrestling?
1: Nah, I'm good.
0: All right, well, it's time then for
3: Homework. 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 It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework homework it's an obligation you owe your family and yourself
1: All right Joe you assigned me homework which was a recent AIW show Cybernetico De Mayo which aired on May 5th of 2022 and is currently available to stream on Jerry's Independent Wrestling Emporium Here's the thing Joe I just watched the main event. I skipped all the undercard stuff. I apologize. I didn't have time. A lot of good people on that undercard, but uh, I was just like, all right, person I like versus person. I don't know tag team. I like versus tag team. I don't know. And plus it's at the Winchester and I'm like, not really in the mood to get to know anybody at the Winchester. Uh, so I skipped it. So I went straight to the, the cybernetico. I don't know if you have any thoughts or feelings on the, the opening matches that you want to talk about, but I I'm out for those. Yeah, I do. Um,
0: uh. And again, shame on you. You get an incomplete for your
1: homework. That's fine. It's going to go against my permanent record. Right.
0: Uh, maybe I think I should take your assignment away from me this week and take it over for you.
1: Oh, as if we weren't going to assign the same thing, but that's fine.
0: (laughs) Shut up. Um, (laughs) If you didn't get a chance to watch the show or you didn't get a chance to watch the whole show like Adam, head over to our friend Kevin's uh, blog, MaskedLibrary.com. He does a full write-up for all the shows that we end up assigning for homework. Um, But I won't spend a ton of time on this, but I do have notes. And again, I apologize for being – critique. like a lot of them – so again, most of my notes sadly are negative.
1: Bury them, um, Joe. Bury them all. But
0: it's, it's nitpicky <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. Um. So the opener is Cheech and Colin versus members only. they had been building this up on social media. um. And this is something that I've actually talked to Thorne about is, you know, the old Smart Mark VHS days, VHS, DVD days, Jesus Christ, where there would be like a couple day turnaround on these shows getting out. So people would have time to film promos, um that would go on the DVD to hype up the matches themselves or people would, while Smart Mark is there film stuff that would go out to hype up the next show. Okay. And at the end of the show, Dom cuts the promo that up, hypes up the show. That's this weekend. But I'd mentioned to him that he needs to get in people's ears, like especially on show days. If you have that skeleton, that fishbone for next month's card, get Smart Mark or the IWTV people to film a bunch of shit while they're there. To get it out on social media, to get it out on YouTube, to get it out on whatever so it's done. And kind of just get ahead of things at the next set of shows, right? Uh And I'll be honest with you, there were times where there were people like Smart Mark Gary and Shannon, or me, that would kind of help facilitate that, you know? Um, So I completely understand, but it's definitely something he's working on, okay? Yeah. Uh, So this match was good. Um, You know, Colin and Cheech win. Um, an issue, I don't know the ref, he's one of the new refs, but especially in the the closing stretch of the match where, like, all four guys in the ring, the ref just kind of gets out of the way and, like, makes no attempt to be, like, um, to show that I that he's lost all control of things, right? He just allows all four guys to be in the ring. The refs either need to do a better job of at least pretending to control the match, Mm -hmm. or... And again, it wouldn't be that big of a deal because AIW has such a strong tag team division just to allow, you know, a 10 count like AEW unofficially does for like the instead of a five count. Right. Yeah. Because very early on in AEW, they said it's a 10 count on tag matches to get out, not a five count. Okay. And it's just something that's just never really been enforced. But they said it. I remember. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey John comes out, the Babushka Baron. Uh, it's his debut in AIW, and he makes an open challenge. Um, Isaiah Brauner comes out, squashes him in about two minutes, makes the challenge for Eddie Kingston. And contrary to uh, Joshua Bishop's belief, there was not a please come back chant for uh, Jeffrey John. <laughs> uh, next up, we have uh, the debuting team of Money Shot, Elijah Dean and Zach Nystrom taking on the Von England's of Eden and Sydney Von England.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, Tom Dunn is the referee, and I know Tom's a, um, a listener of the show, and I give it and I take it away. Tom needs to have the referees watch this match to see how Tom works. Like when he sees the double teams about to happen. Tom is the one who makes the move to the other corner to kind of call the other person in to cause the distraction. All of the heels do stuff behind his back. Yeah. Instead of just standing there and letting it happen.
1: Plus Tom's big and scary and they're afraid right. to, to piss him off. You know,
0: <laughs> um, there was a part there at the end of the match where uh sydney had one of the other guys in an ankle lock and they came in to break up the pin by or break up the ankle lock by just like diving in and the way that they dove in if tom and as you said tom's old but if tom did not have very good reflexes this person would have crushed tom jumping into the ring all right that being said money shot has like a look but like the fact that their name is the like money shot They don't really play up that aspect that much. Like, they have matching jackets, they got matching gear, but they just are guys, right? Yeah. So, they need, like, a different name other than Money Shot, or they need to, like, sleaze it up a bit if they're going to be Money Shot. Okay. Um, Speaking of gear, um, I mentioned that Money Shot has matching jackets. Uh, Eden and Sydney need to have matching gear. They have matching-ish gear, right? Right. But Eden's gear is so much better than Sydney's; it makes Sydney's look shitty by comparison. <laughs> Eden comes out, she's got this awesome jacket on, she's got the full wrestling boots on, and all this other stuff, and then Sid comes out, no jacket, he's wearing a shirt when he wrestles, he's got plain black tights, he's got little shooter boots on and no knee pads, so he's probably a pervert. Um, <laughs> Because if you wrestle in shooter boots and no knee pads, you're probably a pervert. That's just the way it goes. But they need to coordinate. Either Aiden needs to drop the level of gear that she has, or Sydney needs to increase it. Because they're like at very disparate ends of things to be a tag team, right? Like
1: meet in the middle somewhere, right?
0: Yes. And, and this is my thing. Like every, like oh, Most of my comments are about everyone's gear. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Riley Rose versus Johnny Patch. Uh, Riley Rose has a thing. His finisher now is the Texas Cloverleaf. You know, he's Irish. So it's like it, it's a little on the nose, but he does it like the old Jericho Lion Tamer where he stacks the guy up in a Texas Cloverleaf. So that's pretty fucking awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Johnny Patch was really good. He kind of looks like 90s era Johnny Swinger. Okay. Uh, but his gear is loose and falling
1: apart. He needs new tights. <laughs> We're just going to change homework into like gear critiquing. I, it is what it is. is- <laughs>
0: <laughs> um nine to five taking on another debuting team the bang Bros Austin Matthews
1: and Davey bang I tried googling more about bang bros and you what did came up was not this
0: <laughs> you, what you need to do is you need to google their finisher which is called the bang bus
1: oh okay
0: <laughs> right uh they do a bit in the match where Davey, like Drinks a bang energy drink and he like starts to freak out and everything and he's like running wild on both of the guys and then he tries to run wild on the referee and they stop him because it'll be the disqualification and then he picks up his partner and like uses his partner as a weapon fun spot kind of redeeming for them the la- the first time that I saw these guys was in a black label pro show where they just got smeared by dom and kevin Koo, so um (laughs) nine to five was up nine to five is a winning streak i don't know if that means we're gonna get nine to five versus pme somewhere in the near future but that's what it looks like it's built into um before the main event we have katie arquette against jocelyn navarro um again it it's uh goes to show how far these two have come working together um for there to be the rivalry there needs to be a little bit more heat between the two of them i guess instead of just telling us there's a rivalry uh it's a weird fuck finish with the referee and like an eye gouge and a roll up um katie gets the win which is fine to continue this rivalry but i just think if there's supposed to be a rivalry the two people involved need to be more heated okay okay uh, so then we have our main event, the Cybernetico. Um, yep. I say Cybernetico. They say Cybernetico. Um, I'm not going to go over the rules of the Cybernetico because they go over the rules ad nauseum during the course of the match. Yeah. Um. My the match was perfect. The match itself was perfect. Nitpicks that I have about it was commentary Clear. was very too concerned about like the outside tags, right? Yeah. The more you call attention to it, the more I'm going to notice them fucking it up. Yeah. So and just like, you're like, oh, they went to the outside, it's a tag. Well, it's like, well, you know, a foot and a half went out there, but not his whole body went out. So I don't know if that constitutes as a tag. He went out, it's a tag. Yeah. You're, you're doing a detriment to the thing,
1: right? I'll let you bury the match in a minute. I'll give you a break real quick, and I'll give you my little recap of on the cybernetico i got
0: i got one last thing to say and then you can go since that's the only thing that you watched was they could have shaved a couple minutes off this by doing the ring introductions as they were doing the entrances because they did their entrances in their batting order then the duke cut a promo which was fine i'm all for the duke cutting a promo then steve guy went through each individual person in the batting order, which we already saw as they came out, we could have consolidated these two things and shaved about seven minutes off the runtime of the show.
1: Yeah. And with that being said, and I'll mention this in a minute, like the the match itself did not feel overly long. Like I did the the gimmick race, you know, I scrolled through looking for the main event Uh, on, uh, Jerry's internet wrestling emporium. And when I found, you know, Jocelyn Navarro leaving the match, you know, I was like, okay, the main event's about to start how much time. And it's like over an hour left. And I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be unbearable, you know, just for somebody who doesn't like watching a lot of wrestling, but it flew by, like, it did not feel like it went over an hour, which is, you know, about what it did. So, uh, team Carrington, Casey Carrington, Brian Carson, the Bitcoin boys, the Duke PME, And uh, Derek, the director, Dillinger versus Team Dom, Dom Greeny, Bulking Season, Weirdster, Wes Barkley, Josh Bishop, Kaplan, and Chase Oliver. All right. So uh, right off the bat, the Weirdster is in the ring. He does like the weird ball thing. The heels are confounded. They're basically cycling through their order, trying to figure out a way to get him out of the weird ball. Uh, However, the weird ball is no match for the Duke's hostness. The Duke is able to break that up. Uh, Team Carrington basically takes turns like beating down Ambrose and he gets eliminated uh, quickly after that. Brian Carson gets eliminated and then chaos breaks out. Like everybody's, you know, fighting the ring um, Clemens losing control. First of many times this evening that he's either losing control or distracted. Uh, eventually he gains order though. We have the Duke versus West Barkley for a while. Um, Eric Taylor and Mikey Montgomery giving Josh Bishop all that Bishop can handle. Bishop just outmatched. He needs somebody to save him. The crowd is chanting Artie, Artie, Artie. Bishop, he needs somebody who can who can just save his ass. He makes the hot tag to Artie. Finally, the roof comes off the Winchester. Uh, <laughs> uh, he comes in. There's a real cool spot where Artie escapes the full Nelson with jumping jacks. Um, Marino and Chase. Eventually have probably the best exchange like as far as just technical high spot wrestling of the whole match. Uh, that was really fun. Kaplan versus Dillinger, just they just beat the shit out of each other. That was a fun little like one on one matchup during that. Uh, Mikey Montgomery's in the ring facing off against Artie. Uh, basically, Artie yells, "Get my dumbbell." And the entire babyface team has to like team up to pick up Mjolnir uh, and get Thor's hammer into the ring. Uh, Even Josh Bishop, so-called tough guy can't lift it up. He's, he's all about putting the weights to bed, but he can't put a, that dumbbell into the ring. Uh, But yeah, just fun comedy stuff with like only Artie is able to lift up the dumbbell. I was hoping that the spot where Mikey like, lifted up the dumbbell and fell backwards and kind of had his hands trapped under it. That would have been a fun way to, to get a pinfall. Uh, but it wasn't meant to be, uh, Artie gets eliminated by PME with the sunset, uh, sunset dreams, sad face. And then they quickly also eliminated Chuck stone. Uh, at this point, I just want to point out that very much of the commentary, uh, earlier in the match pointed out that, Hey, the heels are like cycling through their team over and over and over again which was effective, you know, with eliminating weird body. Um, But like the faces were very fresh, like they weren't cycling through. So people like Dom, people like Bishop, people like uh, Barkley uh, weren't getting utilized a lot. So they were fresh and they were able to go longer in the match. So I think I like the way that that was pointed out. And I like the way it was done in the match. Uh, We have Dom versus Carrington. Casey gets intentionally DQ'd for a low blow, which was, Kind of smart heel thing to do. You want to take out one of the heavies on the babyface team. You know, you're not necessarily eliminating them from the match, but you're you're weakening them by, like, hitting them in the dick. Uh, so Carrington's eliminated and in a great Duke move. The Duke is now the captain. He already had an armband on standby, uh, which I thought, like, even in a world where wrestling isn't predetermined, uh, you know, to I, if Duke was a real real life heel like what she is but if he was playing like if the duke was a real person who was like manipulating <laughs> things to to become the leader of this of course he would have an armband that says he's the captain like it, it just all makes sense so i love that um at this point dom is just taking a beating from all the heels makes a hot tag to oliver uh ziggy goes and distracts clemens Uh, Again, just Clemens being easily distracted. Duke uses the Haas boot to eliminate Oliver. And uh, basically, and again, I just want to do this bit by bit, but Team Carrington is just doing rapid tags and just chopping down Kaplan. And eventually, uh, Dillinger eliminates Kaplan. Deep breath. All right. So we're down to PME, the Bitcoin boys, the Duke and Dillinger against just Dom and the Rip City shooters. Uh, West Barkley defeats Montgomery with a Maserati driver. Clemens distracted again, misses a hot tag to Bishop Bishop eliminates, uh, Eric Taylor with the black hole slam. Then he eliminates Philly Collins with the Bishop bomb. Uh, the Duke eliminates Bishop via the Duke driver. I will say that again. The Duke eliminates Josh Bishop via the Duke driver. So big shocking win there. Yeah. So I'll
0: I'll just interject there. Shocker. I audibly gasped when that happened. Like, no chicanery, no hook of the tights, no boot, no nothing. I'm like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, I can only imagine, like, seeing that live, what that must, like, oh my god.
1: (laughs) Uh, So Marino had Wes, dead to rights, decided to go for radio silence instead of the pin, and ends up getting eliminated when Barkley eliminates Marino. So we are down to the final four, which is Wes and Dom versus Duke and Dillinger. Uh, Dillinger defeats Wes via the same sequence that he used to finish off Kaplan, which was kind of like uh, that, like sunset power bomb into the turnbuckles. Uh, yep. It's the second time he uses it in the match, and that might pay off kind of later on. It might happen again, but uh, second time he used that that turn uh, that sequence, uh, the Dom taps out the Duke. Uh, Again, I don't know why the Duke tapped out because Dom's chokes don't look that strong. I don't know. Uh, we (laughs) We have Dom and Derek basically slapping the shit out of each other. Like, it was very much like Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki. You know, it was just slap, slap, forearm to the fucking jaw. Slap, slap, just real stiff shit, real fun. Uh, and then Dillinger does that sunset flip meteor combo to Dom, but it doesn't work on Dom and it's kind of like, okay, this has worked twice in this match and it was effective both times, but Dom was able to counter it with a triangle cho- choke. Uh, and I guess that didn't lead to the finish, but like Dillinger eventually passes out to like an arm bar. Wasn't really sure to what, like he passed out. So I, that finish wasn't clear to somebody like that without it being told by commentary. So uh, but like, obviously Dom wins um, ends up, you know, winning the longest match in AIW history. And it is announced afterwards that Dom will face Broski for the AIW title at the next AIW show gauntlet for the gold. So before I throw it over to you, I'll just say my, my notes didn't do it justice, but this cybernetico, was very much a series of like a lot of really good one-on-one matches and a lot of really good tag matches. And like I enjoyed this. And I've seen a couple of Cyberneticals, not nearly as many as you were, many of our listeners. But compared to some of the more recent ones that I might have seen, this one I liked because it wasn't, hey, let's all just do our spots and let's make sure we tag in spot, 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 and then get out this was very much like there were stories in there. There were stories of like, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Dillinger doing his spot and then it not working on Dom. And just like the, the baby faces being fresher and the heels doing things to like the, the low blow to Dom. We need to weaken Dom. You know, he's the guy that's we're most worried about. So we got to do whatever we can to weaken him. And like just the story of it all paying off in the end. I very much enjoyed this match. It did not feel like it was an hour long. It, It did fly by, and there was something in there for everybody. Like I said, there was like the high spot matches. There was the Duke shocking the world. There was the comedy stuff with bulking season. I very much like this.
0: Right. Uh, And again, don't take my nitpicking at the beginning of this uh, to deter from the match. This match is awesome for many of the reasons that Adam mentioned. Um, And this is not a knock on the heel side, but this was the babyfaces match. Every single one of these baby faces got a moment to shine, to show what they can do um, in like this big main event position. Whether it be Bulking C, you know, already got to do the, the dumbbell bit. Chuck Stone got to do arguably his best hot tag in all of professional wrestling. Uh, Kaplan got to look like a maniac. Uh, Wes got to go through his 90s WCW offense and it looked picture <laughs> perfect.
2: Yeah.
4: You know,
0: JB got to look like a beast dom got to look super strong coming in there and chase oliver got to do you know and again he was probably the one that got the least because the building of the winchester the ring at the winchester is so bad and he's a high flying flippy dude but he still looked great and and weird body again the bit at the beginning of him doing the weird ball and them going through the heels going through their entire batting lineup twice before trying to figure out how to get in there was like so smart so genius Like, in the story of the match. And I really like this. Definitely go out of your way to watch just this match if you can, especially before the show this weekend. And uh, I think, Adam, since you did not watch the full show, I'm vetoing your homework this week. And instead of whatever you were going to assign, um, everyone has to watch uh, AIW's Gauntlet for the Gold when it goes up live on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium.
1: Oh, no, I don't want to have to watch Gauntlet for the gold.
0: <laughs> now, <Right. laughs> I cannot stress this enough. Okay. Yeah. This show is not live. Okay. It's going to be live to tape. The IWTV people are going to get this up there pretty quickly. I'd say it's probably going to be up there Sunday afternoon. I'm putting the timetable on them because that's what they've done before with the Akron shows, at the Tadmor Shrine. Okay. This is Dom versus Broski. The belts are on the line. It's Dom's hometown. There's a battle. There's a Royal Rumble style match. Gauntlet for the gold. With random draws. And that's the main event of the show. The gauntlet. The person who does not come out. The champion of that match. Is also going to be in the gauntlet as well. Stay. Off. Social media. You will be spoiled by the results of this show. There are things that are going to happen on this show that people are going to be talking about. Do not ruin the show for yourself. Mute the hashtag. Mute the usual suspects who tweet about the shows as they happen live. And go into this when it goes up on Sunday afternoon as free and as clear as and as clean as you possibly can.
1: Yeah, I gotta stay out of the stupid major group. I, it's there's gonna be people I, I, you, for, celebrating for, or for crying. a
0: million other reasons, but <laughs> this is number one. Yeah, and yes, they're going to spoil it there too.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. They spoiled the friggin' NWA title win like a month before like aired, <laughs> you know.
0: Well, Broski fucking had the belt with them like the Monday taping of the podcast. I don't want to fucking Damn. hear that. Yeah, still. Um, hey.
1: Anyway, Mark, uh, I will this, was, like I said, this. the
0: Cybernetico was great. I've seen 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I've seen at least, I've I've called at least eight Cybernetico matches, and yeah. I would say that this one's probably in the top three. Yeah.
1: Well, um, I listen a lot
0: yeah um there is one that I have and this was something that I had pitched a long time ago um no this no it wasn't this it was in a sea it was a gauntlet for the gold type match so never mind I won't even say that hmm. it's two different matches but yeah so uh, this match go to your way to watch it Jerry's internet wrestling Emporium uh, get a chance to watch this before gauntlet for the gold goes up live uh, on Jerry's internet wrestling Emporium this weekend Cool, cool all right. Adam, let's get into voicemails.
2: All
0: right. Got a bunch. First up, Dwayne.
5: Hey you guys, Dwayne, Missouri, uh, calling you my weekly snackdown time. <clears throat> it was 20 minutes and 56 seconds. And I'm not sure how that happened because the only segment I watched again was the, uh, uh, Baron Corbin, Madcap Moss thing. And boy, I put a lot of hope in Madcap Moss on my call last week. um, Kind of embarrassed, but, you know, I had my hopes up. Again, don't know how I went almost 21 minutes. Um, It got to the last segment, and I did slow down and actually take in a couple of minutes of, of Randy Orton and his bro. And I still don't understand who's challenging for the tag titles, because last I knew, Roman had sent his cousins to get the other titles, but now... Orton and his bro are demanding a match. So uh, it's very confusing since I don't watch the whole thing. And I'm guessing would be confusing if I did.
1: Chat with you next week. Bye. I'm trying to think if I watch SmackDown at all. Like, I, I feel like it was on my DVR at one point, and it's currently not. But I don't remember whether I deleted it or if I watched anything. What did you watch on there, Joe? Maybe it'll refresh my memory. Okay.
0: So my time for SmackDown this week was nine. I'm doing my gazintas. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, Let's say on the uh, generous side, I did 12 minutes, right?
2: Okay. Legally,
0: legally, I have to watch the Lacey Evans promos. Oh, n- uh, <laughs> I watched
1: the
0: f- I watched the full Madcap Moss segment, which was odd that they like stretchered Madcap M- Madcap Moss out. Um, I think this is like them rebranding him or rechristening him or giving him new gear or something. <laughs> and All I right. watched the Ronda promo because there were people online saying like, "Oh man, there's gonna be a big title match on on SmackDown this week." And there's a Ronda promo and Ronda cuts like the dullest of dishwater promos. She issues an open challenge and it was against Raquel Rodriguez. So I'm like, I'm not watching this match. But there was a bit backstage where Shotzi was complaining to Adam Pierce that um, Raquel Gonzalez or Raquel Rodriguez, whatever, pushed her out of the way uh, because, you know, it was an open challenge. I was on my way there. And Raquel just cut the line in front of me. And then Aaliyah showed up and said, no, you couldn't have because you were too busy locking me in my locker room because I was on my way to go there. And I'm like, oh, that was was like an inventive thing. Like, because – in the, in the world of wrestling, when there's an open challenge, like, why doesn't, it like, everyone just rush out all at once? Why isn't, it like, a mad dash? Like, it's an open challenge for an actual real title, and one person comes out to music, where it's the 24-7 title, and there's a group of, like, 50 guys all vying for the 24-7 title. Right?
1: Yeah, like, there should be, like, at least once a shot of Gorilla, like at Gorilla, of like a bunch of people running and kind of like a Three Stooges thing where they're all trying to wedge through the door. Yeah. You know, not that there's a door there, but there's a curtain. But imagine like a door frame where just like somebody manages to get through first.
0: Yeah. So I, I did
1: about 12 minutes on SmackDown this week. All right. I think I might have, if there was a Roman promo, I watched that. That's about it.
0: Nah, I, mean, I love Roman, but the, the st- you know, I'm not in spite. They're angling that they're going to do a singles match because Dwayne asked about how that's going to work um it looks like they're looking to do a singles match maybe on pay-per-view not on pay-per-view but on tv of like roman and fucking matt riddle of all people right because like two <laughs> weeks in a row matt riddle got over on roman and he's beat both the usos and singles matches oh they're giving him the shove i guess <laughs> i don't know call, call me when you get to randy orton versus roman reigns i don't give a shit about matt riddle versus Re- uh roman reigns
1: yeah, I don't give a shit about Randy Orton either, but still, different reasons. Oh, how dare you. <laughs> All right,
0: next call.
3: Hello, at Oz with Wrestling, the home of Austin McArthur's voicemail. Don't have much to say this week. I only have a couple things. First and foremost, if you're in the immediate area and you can make the drive, head out to Gauntlet for Gold. It's going to be a great show. Uh, and uh, we're not streaming live, so it's a live experience only, so... If you don't catch it live, you'll have to catch it, you know, on the replay. But uh, otherwise, our opponents for that show are the Bang Bros. And that got me thinking. <laughs> I want to know what is Joe and what is Adam's favorite source of caffeine. I got to tell you, this Bang, 300 milligrams of caffeine, I don't know. I don't know how you, the, the kids do it these days, trying to give themselves heart attacks, you know? Like, come on. That's really all I got. You know I can't really make it all about me. You know. All right, you guys have a great day, and uh, hope to see you there uh, Saturday show. Wink, wink. Nah, I'm just kidding. He's not coming,
0: guys. <sighs> Already stoking the fu- the rumor mill,
1: if you will. I know. Um, I, I just want to say, like, what, like, when you look at an old timey photo and it's got like that, like that tint to it. Is that what is it called? Sepia. Yes. Sepia. Uh, you know how like. Ed has the pink button. Time Artie has the sepia button. Just saying, throwing hmm. that out there. <laughs> so, uh, favorite caffeine, Joe? Are I'll let you go first. I already know what I'm going to say. But are you a caffeine drinker?
0: Yes, uh, I I have a very serious addiction um, to caffeine. Uh, at the house, uh, I drink coffee. I probably go through like eight to ten cups of coffee a day. Okay. Uh, It's a lot when I'm on the road, um, obviously, or or during like the summer months, right? Um, Obviously, I'm not on the road very much these days. Um, There is a Monster Energy Zero Sugar. There's an orange. I think it's called like Ultra Sunrise or something. And there's a lemon as well. I don't know what the lemon's called. But usually I'll go uh, to Sheets or whatever, and they're like usually like two for four bucks, and that's what I get for, like, my road trips. Yeah. But coffee number one. And yeah. do I have a preference on coffee? Um, Not really. I like Dunkin' Donuts coffee better than Starbucks. I think Starbucks coffee is way overrated. And
1: Starbucks. I think Dunkin'
0: Donuts coffee gets a bad rap.
1: Starbucks coffee is, like just undrinkable. If I'm falling asleep driving down the turnpike and my options are to get a Starbucks or drive into the freaking railing, I'm taking the death. <laughs> like That's how bad Starbucks coffee is. I am a Duncan guy. Um, I don't drink fucking five, six, eight, nine cop cups like you do a day, but I'm like a full, like extra large Duncan every single morning. I'm on, d- on my way to work. Um, energy drink wise, uh, sometimes like if like you said if you're driving you need a little bit of a, a little bit of pick me up and you know nobody's holding you know <laughs> you gotta get the the energy drink but like i'll get whatever is there i don't have our favorite energy drink but yeah duncan all day every day and uh i'll see you this weekend already no i'm just kidding i'm not coming but uh wish i was
0: you, you'll see him when you look in the mirror
1: exactly <laughs>
0: but uh
1: yeah good luck with bang bros
0: <laughs> yes, I, I didn't know what Artie was going with that one. I know what uh he's up to. You and him, the two he is together. <laughs> All right, next? Uh, so next call, we have uh the aforementioned Kevin Hellions.
6: Hello, Joe Adam, Kevin here. Feeling uh, quite good this week actually. Quite quite smart. Quite intelligent uh i feel like i've been predicting this stuff for a while here um kind of feel like the mason Creston. uh joe you have a better knowledge of comedy history um adam needs it explained i trust that you would do that for me thank you very much by the way uh so why do i feel this way well because i've been saying for quite some time uh that i believe certain things to be true in wwe and this week it looks like it's true sasha banks and naomi leaving And from uh, the current news, rumors, breakdowns, whatever, it sounds like they were told, hey, here's what we're doing. And they said, okay, how does that help in long-term storytelling? You're just kind of doing this quickly. Uh, Are we going somewhere with it? Nope, you're both going to lose these matches. Okay, are you doing anything with our tag team? Nope. Do you have any plans? Nope. Well, screw you then. We worked hard to do this, and you're just, Stepping all over it, and you have no plan, and you're just doing things on the fly booking here. And uh, like I've been saying for months, WWE has no plan. It's just week by week, and that's why a lot of stuff sucks and why we get excited for things in other promotions like AIW, AEW, rugby wrestling, you know, stuff like that. The second point that I believe I've been saying a lot lately is Triple H is much sicker than anyone is living on or that they are admitting publicly. And then the shock announcement from Stephanie McMahon today, the effect of tomorrow on a Friday with no previous notice for a publicly traded company that your chief brain officer is suddenly going to leave and take time with family. Yeah, he's sick. He's really sick. And she is going to be taking care of him. And I don't want to say it because say what you will about him. You know, I don't want to say negative things about anyone, but like he's sick, like by the end of the year, is my current thought, and that it, it sounds like honestly said. You know, and I don't want to be right about that at all, to that level. But I think I'm right, guys, and, and it hurts me to admit that. Not as much as it's going to hurt either of you to admit that, though. You know. Oh, geez, uh, I'm running out of time. I had another thing there. Uh, Adam only wants me to make one call an episode. Um, And I don't have enough time, so Adam, uh, I guess next week I'll give you my assignment stuff for Tony Storm's OnlyFans. Sorry, (laughs) if I could call again, I would do it. You know,
1: I'm sorry, dude. Next time. (laughs) Bye. Oh man, Tony Storm OnlyFans. Hmm. Well, interesting.
0: Before we go on, uh, Kevin calls back again.
1: What?
6: It's me again. So um, I know Adam says I only can call once, but. Ed said that he would sit with me and uh, watch Ziggy Haim wrestle. So Ed wins tonight. Thank you, sir. Um, so I'm sitting here with Seth after I made that call, and he asked me who was sick, and I was telling him the story and everything. And he made an excellent point um, remembering certain other things that he has seen us discuss, me and my wrestling fans there. Maybe Stephanie is taking the time off to work on the marriage. Uh, We all pointed out that she was not wearing a wedding ring in any recent appearances. And we kind of wonder with all the stuff going on with NXT, if they're stripping away Triple H's legacy. So I will throw out, thanks to Declan here, that it could also be either she's working on the marriage or they're prepping for a divorce. Oh, and I ran out of time again for you, Adam. I'm so sorry. I'll have the information for you next week. Bye.
1: Kevin, Kevin, we talked about this. The, Joe, Joe, pl- play the all heat, no heaters jingle. I, I, I'm fired up right now. One call. You are allowed one call. Don't try using your kid as an excuse. That's not a, That's not an excuse. One call. One call. One call. Thank you. That's all. <laughs> Joe? And I'll say don't make it a habit, but if you
0: feel as though you have something that's going to go over the time limit on the calls, uh, you can always send it to me as an MP3 or WAV file format, and I could just pretend you called in. <laughs> Um, that being said, uh, I think uh, calling yourself the amazing Creskin because you predicted that WWE creative is bad um, yeah. <laughs> isn't isn't the win that you might think that it is. And obviously, Kevin's second call. Um, I definitely think this is less of Triple H's failing health and more of the disillusion of Triple H and Stephanie's marriage. Listen, you saw the picture of Vince's lively. Uh, That leaked out this week. Steph's not even in there. Triple H is crossed out. I don't know if Vince knows how to put uh, a new contacts in there, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm surprised that hasn't picked up more traction across the dirt sheets. Like I figured that would have like rocked the world, you know?
0: Yeah. again, Tuesday night at 10, I don't think is the prime time to tweet jokes out. But what do I know? (laughs) I tried.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Kevin.
0: All right. Next call.
5: Hello, gentlemen. This is Matt from
7: The A Show. Boom! I uh, hope all is well with the both of you. Even Adam, even though he will not plug our show. Adam. So two things. First, and this is not to a steel-doing gimmick, I also have a SmackDown time counter for this week. And that time was an hour and 57 minutes. Because I was there. The only three minutes I missed were when my daughter had to go to the bathroom during... Butch against Kofi Kingston. Lots of fun, and I'm glad they ever got to see Sasha Banks before um, some stuff happened. Uh, I do have a question for Joe. Uh-oh. As, our, as um, North ECU's resident ECW historian, I recently watched the Shane Douglas 2 Cold Scorpio NWA world title match for the first time. I mean, we've all seen the of many times of Shane throwing the Belt Down. So, Joe, I was wondering if you know, were they told to go out there and have a stinker to try to show what they did not want to be moving forward? Because if that's what they were told, they definitely succeeded.
1: Have a good night. First so, go, Joe, Matt, before you go any further, go any further I, I demand that you delete his plug of his podcast from the final master of this. When, it, when this goes out to air, make sure you delete that, you know, uh, but I'll, go ahead.
0: I'll send it over to Jonas on vacation. He'll edit it out just like he edited out edits. its uh, Dwight's
1: calls. All right. Fair enough. Take care of that. And uh, as far as the rest of his call, I'll leave it to <laughs> you because I wasn't paying attention.
0: Uh, yeah, so I'm glad you guys got a chance to go to SmackDown and have fun. I'm sad that there was no uh, LA Night segment for those of you in the live attendance. You missed <laughs> out. Um, and as for that Shane Douglas 2 Cold Scorpio match, you know, obviously everything is about the uh, promo afterwards. And I bet if you interviewed many people of who did Shane Douglas beat for that NWA title that he threw down... I bet you like one out of 10 people would know the answer, maybe less than that, like on the average. But I don't remember that match being that bad, you know, having only seen it the one time back in 1994. And I saw it on TV, so it was probably clipped up. But uh, I'm probably going to go back and watch it now to see if it stinks as bad as Matt says that it does.
1: I'm Matt, and I went to a live wrestling show with my loving family. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Bitter Adam. All right, last call. Pink button time.
4: Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, so earlier this week, right, right before Pod and Dam was recording, I was texting with Joe one because we're best friends, right? But also because I was uh, going to. I was complaining about uh, how awful uh, what, the app that we use is, and that no one but Jonah can figure it out, and we were all very lost and I told him that uh, Skype's the way to go, apparently. Just do Skype. Uh, yep. So that, that made me wonder, uh, who do you guys think, like, the Skype of wrestling is? Like, like it's not the flashiest app, but, like, it's always there, and it works when you need it to, and there's never really problems with it. Because um, I think Tracy Smothers was the Skype of wrestling. <laughs> like, I can't think of one amazing Tracy Smothers match, but I can think of, like... Every match he had was, like, entertaining and good, but it wasn't, like, spectacular. Probably because everybody uh, on the matches before him stole all his moves. But, yeah, I think I think Crazy Smothers, the uh, the Skype of Wrestling. <laughs> so who, who do you guys think fits
0: that, Bill? Katie, bye.
1: Go ahead, Joe. I, I can't. I can't even think of something.
0: I'll say Skype is easy, Squadcast, Ringer, uh, all these other things that you have to pay money for are bullshit, and they're ripping you off. Listen to other podcasts, people that record through Discord, people that record, record through Google Meeting or Zoom or whatever it is, right? And I think they just recently put, like, limitations on Zoom or whatever it is the only times in the history of doing this show 190 episodes of doing longbox heroes 606 episodes and longbox heroes after dark 392 episodes and i could porch count. talk like 12 porch talk right in, in the yeah. dozens <laughs> i could count well you guys record that live from the porch
1: yes exactly but well, there, well, there's times where we can't be on the on the porch oh. and we have to do it over over the internet
0: i could count on one hand of the times that there was an issue with Skype and of those on one hand, I would say most of them were user error. I forgot to click something or I forgot to double check something or I hit record before everyone was on the call. And I only got three of the five people that were on the call or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. No fuck ups, no dead links, no bullshit fuck all this shit. And I'm with, I like Ed's pick of Tracy Smothers. I'm torn for the Skype of professional wrestling of either Bobby Eaton
1: or Brad Armstrong. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to have to probably just, cause I think Ed would appreciate this. He would, he would recognize where I'm coming from. I'm going to say Bret Hart, you know, it's just gets the job done on spectacularly, you know, very forgettable, but it's there. It it just, <laughs> so yeah Bret Hart
0: if I was more motivated I would have just put a beep over everything that you said <laughs> or I would it I would put over that a, a, a me doing an impression of you
1: saying Shawn Michaels or something stupid like that <laughs> all right fair enough but you know Ed asked me if I wanted to watch some heat up with them so uh maybe uh Ed will uh get his uh the fish tank out and uh maybe i'll get a couple champion ales, sure. and we'll, we'll meet up on skype and do a watch along
0: oh no get on squad chat or ring dog <laughs> or whatever the fuck they use to record their podcasts it still takes four days to come out come on guys <laughs> anyway i I love all you guys you're great all the all the stuff that you do is fantastic it's great (laughs) uh so other things that are fantastic are uh jerry's internet wrestling emporium we've plugged them enough watch the aiw show when it goes up on sunday uh if you uh spoil the show you did it to yourself you have no one to blame but yourself i've given you such strong warnings and if you're one of those people that need to know what the secrets are my PayPal is three guys from nowhere at gmail.com. I will gladly tell you what the spoilers are to see if I'm hyping them up. I'm not hyping them up too much. You're going to love it. Anyway, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Use the code AT ODDS if you're a new subscriber. Uh, it lets Jerry know that you came to him from us. And as you continue your subscription, we get a bit of a kickback. The T Public uh, sale is next week. Uh, so we'll plug, uh, the store and everything there. Why, you know, why spend now? We could save 35% next week. Um, but you could also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through the Amazon click-through, uh, affiliate link that's in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. Uh, they, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy, uh, at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Uh, notable purchases through the click-through this week include the Skliz. Um, that's how I you would pronounce S-K-L-Z. Skills. Zip. Oh, what? Skills. I'm pronouncing it Skliz. <laughs> uh Zip and hit baseball batting trainer.
1: <laughs> There's some players on my fantasy team that I wish I could send one of those things
0: to. <laughs> Send some skliz to your fantasy. If send send them some fantasy skliz,
1: <laughs> fantasy
0: skliz. <laughs> uh but yes, thank you for your purchases this week, uh, this month, this year, uh, whenever it is that you made any purchases. And uh, this is, this is what it looks like. It's like a fucking. It looks like uh, those stretchy bands that the kids use, right?
1: All right, click on one of the pictures where it's in action. I want to see one of those. Oh, okay. That doesn't look like a death trap at all. There
0: you go. Look. <laughs> oh, it's in motion. Look at that. You can't, it's an audio podcast, right? Well, but you're okay. seeing it work.
1: Like, yeah, what I want to do is stretch a giant rubber band, like a hundred feet at crotch level and hope nothing bad happens.
0: Right. So if you use this and you uh, have not been hitting the dick uh, <laughs> by the person who's batting, uh, call in, let us know how yeah. this, how this gliz worked out for you.
1: Uh speaking of squiz working out for you, there's some other podcasts you should listen to. Fair enough. Those, yeah, those podcasts. I get paid by the segue. Uh, those podcasts are Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark. We need wrestling. Hit my music. Final wrestling place. Porch Talk. Viewer's Choice. WWE War. Wrestling Cheers. IWTV Guide. Pod Van Dam. Hellions Talks. Wings on Wings and Between the Sheets. And I'm not even going to mention the show that I won't mention because the show that I won't mention got mentioned earlier. So I'm not mentioning them. But that's it for plugs.
0: And hey, uh, last but not least in the plugs, we are about two weeks away from uh, Real Rumble 3, Night 1 and Night 2 at the Mahoning Drive-In and no matches or uh, roster has been named. So I guess it's a mystery card by default. I don't know. Yeah, it, you could be in the main event, Joe. I'm not in the main event. You know what? So the only thing that I know that's happening is that me and Avery Good, uh, professional commentator, are doing commentary on night one.
1: Oh, all right. I like one of those people.
0: That's the only <laughs> thing I know. He's not doing night two. He's only doing night
1: one. All right. Cool, cool. Um, I, I'll I will be there. Uh, I bought my my pair of tickets, so I'll get my free shirt. Looking forward to that, and looking forward to seeing everybody again.
0: And I have the uh, the link to purchase the tickets and and so forth in the uh, show notes on this. All right, episode, and I think uh we only got one more thing left to do, right? Absolutely, hit my
1: music. Money, 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 money. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> money, 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 money. All right, Joe. I've been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks, and none of y'all believe me. But we are in the year of financial responsibility, and I don't have a lot of purchases this week. I only have, brace it, brace yourself, I have two, two purchases. So I will go first, I will send it over to you, and then I'll do my final one if that's cool with you.
0: Yes, and I have your tweet about the year of financial responsibility bookmark just so you know.
1: All right, I I know that you're a fan of bookmarking tweets, and I see that Bix's tweet still has not loaded. So. Nope. <laughs> that 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 spy v clip could pop in, in any minute now. All right. So, anyways, two purchases this week. The first one, uh, if you remember last week, I detailed my uh, my fig hunt at the new toy store that opened in Dixon City. Yes. So I bought a couple figures there, and you know that last time. And I had some time to kill before work the other day. And obviously, Joe, I have already seen everything that was in that store. So there would be nothing left to buy. But uh, there was something left to buy that I did not see last time or it wasn't there. So I'm actually just going to send it to you real quick. But this is a DC Universe Booster Gold figure. Which is a figure that has eluded me for a couple years. I've seen them pop up every once in a while on eBay, but the price was never. Oh, right. cool! I like that. It has a Skeets. It's a. I have a Booster Gold based on uh, the the fifty two run, like the that fifty two issue miniseries where he has like the the logos all over his chest when he was taking sponsors. But I didn't have like a classic style Booster Gold, and once again, this was like already on the shelf priced less than the ebay going rate was uh so it was already a pretty good price but then i was like uh hey man uh paypal friends and family for this much so he's like yeah all right so i got a couple bucks off of it even lower so i got a really good price on it and it was something that i had wanted for a while and you know worked out so booster gold figure the greatest hero the world has never heard of
0: uh, I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with that statement, and that is a nice, uh, I, eh, listen. Uh, they're taunting me by showing a Captain Cold in the background there, but I'm gonna guess that it's, like, Ice Arm Captain Cold, and that, that person doesn't exist.
1: Hmm, I don't know, I gotta, I gotta flip around that figure and see what the other guys that are featured are on there.
0: Uh, so today, I had a purchase a pre-order, if you will, um... There was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, eternia was uh, tweeting out some of the Hasbro reveals and stuff, right? Yep. And they tweeted out the picture of the meme of Wolverine from the animated series where he's looking at the picture, and then we cut to see what the picture is. Yep. And the picture that he was looking at was a Bagman figure. And I'm <laughs> like, did I miss the announcement of the Bagman figure? So as I'm doing the mad scramble, you sent it to the group chat. Yeah, (laughs) and you're like, just in case anyone wants this. Now, I will say, I don't love that it's in the old school design package.
1: Yeah, but if my
0: choices are the old school design package or the new shitty, um, you know, they're in a box and you can't see what you're getting package, I'll take this. Yeah, and I don't have a ton of Marvel Legends, but I'm a sucker for like the weirdo Mort characters, right? Yeah. Like, I'll buy a Gwenpool figure, I'll buy a Bagman figure, so I did the
1: pre-order on Target for this. That's awesome, yeah. Going back to the packaging thing real quick, uh, not to belabor, I remember a couple weeks ago Hasbro announced a bunch of, or Hasbro, Mattel, whatever, whoever has the Marvel thing, uh, they announced a bunch of Spider-Man figures, and it was like the Spider-Man noir, and like the Null, is it? The Venom God, or whatever? Yes. So they announced those and they showed them in the boxes that don't have the windows. And I remember I showed you in uh, the group chat and it was like, oh, this is bullshit. And when they announced yesterday a bunch of MCU Marvel Legends figures and like Captain America and there was uh, uh, Sharon Carter from the Falcon and Winter Soldier line, they showed them in boxes with windows in them. And I was like, yay, they're listening to their fans. I'm super excited about this. They're going back to the windows. And then today they showed more Marvel Legends. There was a, a Japanese Spider-Man figure. And it was back to having the, the box with no window. So it seems like it's alternating. There's no rhyme or reason. Some of the legends have windows. Some of them are closed boxes. I don't like this at all. And I agree with you. If I had my choice between a box with a window and a carded figure, I'd always want the box with the window. Yeah. But if it's no window box or carded, I'm with you. I would I would rather just deal with the fragility of what you got. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, that's a cool figure. Not for me, but when I saw it, I, I sent it to you guys, not in a mocking fashion, but I was like, okay, I think this is up your guy's alley.
0: No, no release date on it, but that's okay. I'll get it when I get it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Joe, I only have one other purchase, as I said, because we are in the year of financial responsibility, but uh, not a segment that has a jingle, but a recurring theme. It's time for us to return to the grease shelf, Joe.
0: Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> I had said a couple months ago, I had talked about just discovering the existence of this item, and it is a card. Uh, I did not know that it was a thing until like, I discovered it on the air and i had been clocking a couple of them on ebay and they were going for and i'll tell you in a second what it is but they were like 150 buy it now 200 buy it now maybe 100 buy it now and i'm like nah i don't want it that bad so i was like i needed there to be an auction and joe there was an auction with a starting bid of 20 bucks Ooh. and i ended up I placed a bid at 20, but not a bid at 21, just a bid at 20. I want to make sure that my name's out there. You know, the people know to back off. And uh, somewhere over the course of the week, this item gets bid up to about 30 bucks. And of course, I wait until there's about 10 seconds left in the auction. I put in my nuclear option bid of like 70. And uh, <clears throat> with about five seconds left, I ended up winning it for $31. Wow. And it's coming over to you. It is a two thousand WCW Nitro Trading Card Game, Miss Hancock rookie card, graded as a PSA Mint 9. And it's coming over to you now. AKA Stacy Keebler's first ever card, possibly first ever merch. Uh and I had said that I'd seen it before, but and I wanted it, but I was not going to pay the crazy high buy-it-now prices. Um, Like I said, waiting paid off because we're in the year of financial responsibility and even the grease shelf needs to be financially responsible.
0: So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it's graded, right? But yeah. sadly that means you can't go get it autographed, but I'm sure she has a caveat like the dead man where she won't <laughs> sign her rookie cards.
1: Yeah, like I have her first WWF card from two thousand three, which came autographed. So I'm I'm happy. Like I don't like getting a card autographed if it wasn't originally autographed if that makes sense okay because there are cards that are autographed right out of the pack and that's fine for me but i don't like autographing it's just like we've had this discussion before like i hate the idea of taking like an old old rare comic book and having the the writer or creator autograph it you know you're devaluing an item you're putting it into a state that it wasn't meant to be in. you know so uh, I would never get this card autographed, even, you know, on the slab. And, and you mentioned that it was graded. I paid 31 bucks for this plus taxes and maybe like $3 shipping. I don't know. That's less than it costs right now to get something graded, you know, <laughs> So because uh, right now they talk about in the major pod. it's like 50 bucks to get a card graded right now, unless you're doing it in bulk of like hundreds. Uh, so the way I see it, this was a steal and a half.
0: I would say so, and was it, do you know, if it was it the same seller, um,
1: that, that was trying to, to
0: sell it at one, like 170 that ended up parting with it for 30?
1: Uh, I honestly didn't do the research on it, it might be, because I can't imagine there being a ton of these out there that are graded, um, it might have just been the same guy that had it, buy it now, 200, buy it now, 150, and kept lowering it, and then eventually said, fuck it, you know? Um, I, I'd be interested because it does have a serial number right on the front. I could probably just look at saved searches and and or not save searches, like completed searches and see right. what happens, you know? But uh yeah, I'm happy with the price. It'll go in the detail. If I gotta go to Joanne's fabric tomorrow and buy another one of those tiny little card holders, you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> that I have uh-huh. in the detolf. But that's well, it for me.
0: Yeah, so you know, obviously not a purchase, but the the rumored innuendo uh, on the streets is that people who ordered the AEW Unrivaled series nine figures are getting their shipping notifications. Yeah, uh, and that was the Eddie, and that was the Eddie Kingston set. Yeah,
1: so possibly by this time next week, we'll have our grubby little hands on Eddie Kingston figs. That's
0: right. It would
1: you... been
0: it, it would have been nice if those got shipped. Um, you know, to the Midwest area specifically before the AIW show this weekend. So people could have got like that first signature from Eddie on the figures, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that would have been a real cool, uh, thing, you know?
1: Well, we'll hold on to it for like when he shows up at real rumble. I'm just speaking into existence. Uh
0: (laughs) I I text, I texted the boss while we were talking. I'm like, Hey, there's been no... Uh, talent announcement for real Rumble is this by design and I'll probably get an uh, I'll probably get a message tomorrow afternoon so I'll follow up on that
1: next week <laughs> all right but that's it for me Joe nice short show this week
0: uh yeah listen I could have I, I really thought the uh, this day in wrestling history was gonna be like six hours long but I'm glad it wasn't we'll save it for the patreon exactly so uh thanks everyone for listening for Adam uh this is Joe this was episode 190 of add Oz of wrestling. Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling.
7: You're listening to the soon to be named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network. (laughs)